Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Bree James here with you. Thanks for your ears today. Great to have you with us. So this is the podcast of parents who believe babies are more than just adorable little creatures. Uh, you know, people that you can blame your farts on. Well, that's what dads do anyway. So now talking about babies and fart blaming, is being a perfect parent the real thing? Of course not. However, mum guilt is a very, very real thing. Parenthood is a difficult journey and sometimes you wonder if you're doing any of it right. Uh, after all, having children turns your life completely upside down and it's almost as if suddenly you can't escape the chaos. Today's guest is here to reconfirm that you are, in fact, doing amazingly well, even if you don't see it for yourself. She is a number one New York Times bestselling co-author and award-winning entertainment journalist. Her newest book, You Are Effing Awesome Mum, is exactly what every mum needs to read. Uh, so don't forget to stay tuned also for our We the Wacky and the Wonderful in the World of Parenting segment, as we've found a professor who is working on a barking mad product. Any guesses? All right, let's get into the show by welcoming today's guest, Leslie Bruce, all the way from Orange County, California. She's a mum. She's got two kids, a five-year-old girl and a two-and-a-half-year-old boy. Uh, she's coming to us on Zoom now. Let's get into our great interview. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Leslie, why do mums feel guilty? It seems to be the guilt kicks in as soon as you find out you're pregnant, I think. <laughs> Basically, you find out you're pregnant and you go, oh my gosh, I drank all this alcohol, didn't know I was pregnant beforehand, or you know, <laughs> I want to eat sushi, but I can't eat that. You just start feeling guilty, I think, from the day you conceive. But why do you think mums feel so much guilt? I mean, I think, first of all, you're absolutely correct. I felt guilty immediately, especially with my son. I feel like the guilt was worse the second time because the I, I sort of knew more of what I was getting into. Um, but I think in general, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I think we want to do our best and to be our best for our children. And when we fall short, as we all inevitably will, you know, we, we feel as though we've somehow let them down. I, I like to use this example of breakfast in the morning. Because I have two choices. I can either make my kids a frozen waffle and stick it in the toaster and spend some time with them before they're off to school, or I have to go into work and like really have that moment to engage. Or I can like cut up some berries and spinach and start blending it with some chia seeds into like a fresh smoothie for them um, and make sure that they have this healthy, nutritious meal to set them off their day. But I can't do both. So I'm making this choice and whichever choice that I make, I'm still going to feel guilty about what I wasn't able to provide for them. Um, and I think it's sort of this vicious cycle, but it sort of just comes with the territory of motherhood, right? Like as soon as we, uh, like you said, as soon as we conceive, we're always going to feel a little bit guilty over the things that we're not able to do for them. Mm. So have you got any tips and advice then for moms that are on that guilt train? Sure. I think, I think that you need to embrace the guilt. I think we so often hear right now in our culture that we need to, you know, get rid of the guilt and we need to figure out ways to like banish guilt and no more mom guilt. But I kind of come from the opposite perspective. I think that we need to really like embrace our guilt because we're never really going to get away from it. Um, and I think that guilt just reminds us of how much we love our children and how every day 
the choices that we're making, we have them at the forefront of our mind. Um, and if we didn't feel some pang of guilt, I think, I think that would actually be more concerning, right? Like if we didn't sometimes feel guilty that we weren't able to provide or to do, or that we missed a moment, I feel like that almost says more. I think that guilty, feeling guilty is a, is, is our heart's way of telling us that we love our children so so much. So I tell women to just like bathe, like take a bath in your guilt and soak it up as this like wonderful reminder that you are doing an incredible job because you love your kids so much that you feel this guilty over sometimes the silliest things. It's so true. And I'm sure you've had some guilty moments as a parent. Do you want to walk us through one of those? (laughs) I've had guilty moments every single day. Um, yeah, I mean, I always feel, I always feel guilty when, um, the work thing, the work thing for me is a real, real challenge, even though I'm fortunate enough to work most days from home, um, having, you know, those, those feeling like a moment's missed, that's, was really, really hard for me. And I try to remind myself and I try to, you know, practice what I preach where it's, quality over quantity. And for so many of us, uh, being a working parent is, is our reality and we don't have the option otherwise. And, um, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard battle. And, um, it's one of those things where I just have to keep reminding myself that I work to be, I work to provide and I work to be a role model and I work to, uh, be my best for myself. And oftentimes being, that's the biggest gift I can give my children. I think that when I'm working and I'm feeling fulfilled in my personal life, um, I'm often a better parent for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's so true. Cause you know, some moms do feel fulfilled being that a hundred percent focused mom, but then I think they're having guilt about, well, I'm not contributing um, financially to the household. And you know, it's just never ending. I think as moms, we always want to do and be more, but you're right. We have to have a, a line in the sand where we go, you know, this, I'm doing the best that I can. And that whole quality over quantity, I think that's a really beautiful message. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Good Start can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine hour, 10 hour or all day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today. Yeah, thank you. So so Facebook and social media, Instagram, all of those paint a really, you know, I guess, beautiful picture of most parents' lives. You know, we're posting all the happy snaps. A lot of us prefer to stay positive on social media. We do have those mums that go down the other road and, um, you know, post all the negative things. And then, you know, you've got those mums that love to share lots and lots um, about home life. But, you know, what do you think of social media and the impacts it's having on on our parenting? Oh, this is such, I feel like there will be in about 10 years, like a university course on the impact of social media and parenting. Um, because I've actually thought a lot about it. And I think that we as women and, and modern women today, uh, as we become mothers, I think that social media is setting us up uh, to have a more challenging experience um, becoming moms. I think that it sets you know, especially, I think more and more today, people are starting to have real conversations. But when I had my daughter in 2014, 
um, I coined this like idea of the unicorn mom and the insta mom phenomenon where everywhere I looked, it was these beautiful images of women with their babies in Moses baskets and covered in rose petals. And they had like a boho braid and their babies were, you know, taking baths in like galvanized tubs with like sprigs of like, you know, time. I don't know. (laughs) It, It felt like, it felt like everybody was having this like magical, mystical newborn mom experience and I was sitting there and my world looked nothing like that and it made me feel further like I was failing in new motherhood um because it set up these crazy and unrealistic and silly expectations um and so I think that for moms and for me and I'm I I I knew this I knew that that half of that was, was a farce. I've worked in entertainment. I've worked in photo shoots. I know what that was like, but being a new mom, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. And I was so deep in like my own, my own stuff that I couldn't recognize these beautiful picture, perfect mom moments for what they really were, which was just, was a picture. It wasn't the reality. It wasn't what was going on in their, in their perfect life. It was a cropped square of perfection, leaving the rest of their life out of, out of the frame. Um, and even though I knew that somewhere in my rational head, I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't get beyond it. And I think that it allowed me to feel even more like a failure when my life didn't look like that and became dangerous. I think it can become dangerous because we set up these wild, wild expectations. Um, and I think that fortunately now we're starting to have more and more conversations on social media through different parenting sites, um, about, about this whole phenomenon of like, you know, motherhood perfected on social media and more and more, uh, influencers and celebrities and, you know, really tastemakers are starting to open up about you know, it might look pretty from the photo that you see, but here's what my day was really like. And I think that that is actually a huge benefit to women. Um, and it can make women who are in that early motherhood and even not early motherhood, even in like the throes of having teenagers, but in, when people are real about it, it can make you feel less alone. And I don't think motherhood was anything we were ever expected to do on our own. Yeah, I agree. It takes a village to raise a child, but so many of us are struggling in our only networks are that that online community. So yeah, which has been a blessing, but also a curse in many ways, as you said. So you have a really great website, unpacified.com, and you've got a new book coming out, which I love um, the sound of. You are a effing awesome mum. That's right. And you must have lots of messages that you want to share. You're so passionate about uh, this whole mummy guilt side of things. So if you had one message today that you wanted to leave our listeners with, what would that be? I think, I think I'd like to say to every mom that you can have a bad day, a really, really bad day, but still be a effing amazing mom. I love it. It's so true. It's absolutely true. And I guess even I think the best thing is at the end of the day, when you put those little babies to bed and, you know, they give you that 100% love, uh, that hug, good night, um, doesn't matter what they've done during the day or what you've had happen through during the day, it's giving you that purpose and that, you know, you know that you're ready for another day again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, when you put them, if you get your children fed, 
and safely to bed, then sometimes that's, that's, that's the biggest win in your day. Then I think that that's still a huge, huge win. (laughs) Yes. Especially if you've got children that don't like going to sleep, then it's a huge win. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, thanks so much, Leslie, for your great insights today. Make sure you check out unpacified.com and grab her new book. It sounds amazing. Um, But thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. The weird, the wacky, and the wonderful in the world of parenting. Did you know around the world, different countries have different holiday traditions? So in Australia, Christmas Day can likely consist of glazed ham for lunch and backyard cricket, some prawns, you know, a few traditional things. But in Japan, the customary meal is KFC. Japanese family order their fried chicken meal up to two months in advance to ensure they get KFC on Christmas Day. There you go. Did you know that one? Number two was an idea. There is a dog translator in the making. A professor from Northern Arizona University has spent the last 30 years studying prairie dogs and has begun developing an algorithm to interpret their sounds and determine what they're saying. He believes if he can do it with prairie dogs, he can certainly do it with dogs and cats. So he's building a library of thousands of clips of dogs barking in various ways and showing a number of body movements. He's planning to use the footage to develop an algorithm that picks up on what the animal is attempting to say, which will sit inside a device that can be pointed at an animal to translate their sounds and movements into English. Gosh, I think my dog would just keep telling me to throw at something or feed at something. I don't know if I want to know what my dog's saying. It's better off being, you know, unknown in a way, but we'd probably have some good conversations if I did know, I guess. Number three is, as humans, we think we're pretty smart. And we, of course, are, but there are some pretty smart animals in the world too. Did you know that pigs have been shown to understand emotions, demonstrate empathy, solve mazes, and they even make best friends? Octopi are great escape artists. They can pop lids off, you know, screw top jars. Uh, Otto, a German aquarium octopus, was known to throw rocks at the glass and spray water at lamps to short circuit the annoyingly bright lights. Uh, elephants they have an incredible memory they can recall specific uh, routes to watering holes and they never forget a friend so there you go some of the world's smartest animals how cool is that if you're loving the pack mag parenting podcast then you'll love our other channels follow pack mag on facebook instagram youtube and pinterest it's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. All right, this week's Give It A Go Challenge. I want you to plant some flowers. Head down to your local markers and see what you can find. Plant them lovingly in your garden and get your kids to help look after them. Uh, they and you may learn something about gardening and, you know, it's keeping something alive. It's a good stepping stone to getting a pet. So get a plant and see how you go first. Pack Mag's Tip of the Week. All right. Here's my tip of the week. If you love a cuppa and your children love a bowl of cereal, chances are you go through a jug of milk every week. So hold on to those empty jugs because there are plenty you can do with them. You can cut doorways in them and dangle them in front of trees to create bird feeders. You can use them as pots. You can create a funnel or simply use them as watering cans as a bit of creative thinking. Anything used can become useful. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, we learned lots on the show. Uh, Number one was embrace your guilt. Like Leslie said, we will never get away from guilt. However, it's a reminder of how much we love our children. 
Feeling guilty is our heart's way of telling us that we love our children so much. So take a bath in your guilt because you are doing so much. The other thing is quality over quantity. So sometimes as busy parents, you know, we don't get much time with our children. Just make sure the time that you do get is quality time. Number three is social media setting new mums up for a harder experience in parenthood. So the unicorn mums and Instagram mums depict a fake unrealistic image of motherhood, uh, especially on Instagram. As Leslie said, it's just a crop square of perfection. So leaving the rest of their life out of the frame. So just remember that when you're looking at other people on social media, that you're only getting a really small snapshot about what they want to share. Um, and I'm sure if you ask them, they'd say their life is less than perfect. So we just like having perfect looking profiles, I'm sure. And lastly, just because your life doesn't look like someone else's on Instagram, it doesn't mean yours is a failure. So social media can become dangerous when we set up these wild expectations. So just be really, really mindful that people only share what they want to share on social media. Well, we've wrapped up another episode. A big thank you to Leslie for her insights today. Uh, I hope you learned something and that she gave you uh, a good reason to try and hang up a little bit of that parenting guilt. Uh, if uh, there's any other episodes that you'd like to see, head to our website, packmag.com.au slash podcast to see past episodes. Uh, and remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. Uh, but a big thank you to Good Start Early Learning and everyone else that's made the show possible. Until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everybody you heard it on PackMag. See you later. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.